What's happening, crew? Welcome back to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host for this show. Well, I'm actually the host of all the shows. And this is a fun one because we get to talk to Derek Vidal, who's the founder of Social Bamboo. And this conversation is about really much more than just what social media can do for you, how to use it with integrity. Really, it's also about the idea of you as a, as a personal choice. How do you manage your own time and your own attention? This is a really interesting thing that we, you know, we don't explore enough. At any rate, Derek is fantastic, so I hope you enjoy the show. And, of course, if you do enjoy the show, if you don't mind, it would be super cool if you were to visit a couple of our sponsors and let them know just how awesome it is that they help to support this podcast. I've got to top it off by the first and most longtime supporter, which is Beam Software. Beam's doing some really slick stuff, and as 2023 comes, you've probably seen more strikes against data centers and, and data in general already than you did even for months before that. Really, the truth is, it's getting difficult to manage it. In fact, it's impossible to manage it. So you gotta use the right tools, the right partners, the right software. So go to Veeam Software, go to V-E-E-A-M.com forward slash Disco Posse, it's just that easy. Let's know that old Disco sent you. Hey, but while you're thinking about that, what about thinking how to grow your startup? If you don't already know, J.R. Butler and the Team The Shift Group are doing some fantastic stuff for taking high-performing athletes and putting them in the right opportunities with training, with help, to turn them into incredible high-performing sales professionals. So you definitely got to check it out. In fact, J.R. has been on the podcast. He was actually episode 234. So back up by one. You can hear J.R. At any rate, go to shiftgroup.io. That's the place to be. And I hope you enjoy the show. By the way, don't forget to say hi to Derek Vidal and uh, check the links below. Hope you have a great day. Hey, this is Derek Vidal, and you're listening to the Disco Posse Podcast. Derek, thank you very much for joining. I've been one of these. I'm a I'm an avid consumer of content and a huge studier of especially sort of the moves that are going on with social media, how to leverage the right things in, you know, how to let the algorithm do good things, you know, and also just the difficulty in keeping up with it, the number of ways in which we can get out there in kind of a broadcast and, and sort of multimedia. Sorry, I'm old, so I say multimedia like it's 1993 and we still use Flash. But this idea of multiple channels, the availability of reach, but also the risk of not using it effectively and the inability to kind of measure effectiveness. So anyways, I'm, I'm a student of Derek Vidal. I am super proud to be here sharing time with you. And if you don't mind, for folks that are brand new to you, uh, if you want to give a quick intro, and then we'll kind of talk about everything that that you've been doing. Yeah, thank you, Eric. My name is Derek Fidel. I'm the founder of SocialBamboo.com. So I've been running a podcast called Social Media Entrepreneurs for a little over four years now. And then I just started another podcast called Instagram Marketing Pros. Um, 
for various reasons, just wanted to own a couple more keywords in the podcasting space. And then uh, growing on YouTube, just doing a number of things, but um, mostly the business is, uh, is uh, built around done with you Instagram ads. So I don't sell courses and I also don't run ads for companies. I run ads with them um, is what the entire company is based around. And that's the interesting thing too, that we've seen a real shift in kind of like advertising consumption over the last couple of years. We saw you know, cookie apocalypse came along and it was tougher to do better targeting and, and follow through on, on the back end. Uh, and at the same time, we also had a shift in patterns of consumption because people were suddenly remote and they were consuming more. But then I noticed that ad pricing really shifted. It's It's been a wild ride. You've, in the time you've been doing this, you've seen like fundamental shifts in, in how the the production side works and how the delivery side works. So what, but let's start with what got you started. Uh, what got me started in the podcasting space or yeah, the just like kind of what, what was the thing that you said? All right, Derek Vidal is a brand. Let's run with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, so I was transitioning out of a sales job because I knew I wanted to go into the online marketing space and I, I initially got started in e-commerce and then after a little over a year of doing that, we really got a handle on Instagram. I think I had like 22K Instagram followers at the time, but we were making sales from there. And uh, I was driving around one day just uh, trying to find a podcast on Instagram marketing. And when I typed in Instagram marketing, I realized like the top four podcasts there hadn't even come out with an episode in over a month. So I was like, what am I looking at right now? I was like, this is kind of crazy. So I, I started the show called Instagram marketing secrets of the, the time. And uh, I had no intention of monetizing or, or anything actually. And I do believe if you start with the monetization goal, you're going to have a more clear path, but it's not always how it plays out. I am someone to build a parachute on the way down is more my philosophy. Uh, and uh, I just came out with like three episodes later that day. I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm starting this right now. Instagram marketing secrets. And uh, I got listeners pretty quickly just because I was like the first result uh, on Instagram or Instagram marketing within a, a month or two. And uh, from there, I just had to start figuring out things to sell. Uh, and then it just kept evolving. And I started getting into courses and then evolving into the program that it is now. Uh, so it really was just a keep going kind of story and um, and just keep you know, adjusting as the, the audience lets you know over time. Now I can already spot a familiar pattern that I enjoy, uh, embracing myself, but also it's hidden. There's a lot hidden behind that pattern, which is this idea. Like you say, like, I just, oh, I'm just going to go, I'm going to take a run at this. Right. And anyone would listen, they'd be like, oh yeah. So Derek says, I'm going to put together three episodes in a day. And they kind of get into that mindset of like, yeah, yeah. But that was not done without some level of understanding of what you were about to get into. And I shared one of the, one of my favorite podcasts you had was around sort of like the three focuses and like the, the areas for entrepreneurs and this, you know, you talk a lot about the mindset that's needed to do it, which is great because I love, it's a great mix of like your, you know, you know, interviews, but you also do a lot of good sort of solo content that kind of shares your ideas that are lived experience. So when you, kind of come up with this and even like 
you talked about a background in sales. However, you know, marketing, you know, keyword, you know, how to like leverage the stuff. You've got a, and a broad set of skills. And it's just, you know, sales may have been where you were working, but I kind of sense that you are a real, uh, like a, a whatever it is There's, in technology, they call it a polyglot, you know, on the, on the programming side, but whatever a polyglot version of, of business is that you understand sales, marketing, personal motivation to keep yourself on top, even when it gets tough. Like there's a lot like of how Gary V says like entrepreneurial DNA. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what was interesting too, is you, you do it in such a great way that it's not like Gary V God bless Gary V. I mean, he, he obviously, I like current Gary V when he kind of got out of struggle porn, Gary V, which was, you know, grind or die. If you're not grinding, you're not living. Like he, he got a little bit heavy into that. However, obviously that was a, that was a, a tactic. It's worked and it motivated a ton of people, but it also kind of, those things set people off. I have a shirt as well. I remember seeing it was Mac, the VC. He, uh, I saw him wear a shirt one time. I was like, how do I get that shirt? And just says, nobody cares, work harder. And it was funny for me, it was like a personal motivation. And then somebody actually sent, uh, like replied to uh, an, a tweet that I put out with it. And he's like, no, we care. And I was like, oh, right. Like it, it is funny that we have to use sort of personal drive stuff, but you have to explore areas that are uncomfortable. You have to get educated in stuff that you really just haven't had exposure to, but you have to learn. So what's the Derek formula? I'm going to unpack it here in the next hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it, it really is. I'm going to take motivation from, uh, from anything that I can. So if Gary V says something like nobody cares, work harder, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll get motivated from that. Or if they say like, Hey, sometimes you need to take a breather and take a look at life. I'll be like, okay, cool. Like still motivating. I, I guess I just, um, if you can just take value from as many things as you can and, uh, and just process something positive out of it, it just makes it a lot easier. Uh, so I, I make examples like if, if I had a really bad sales month, that's very motivating. If I have a really great sales month, it's very motivating. If I have, uh, if I feel like I, I could be in better shape, very motivating. If I feel like I'm seeing results in the gym, it's very motivating. It's not, it, you, you have to bulletproof yourself to not losing your aspirations just because of, you know, what, whatever gets thrown at you. It really is just um, surrendering to life as it's happening and let it happening happen to you and uh, and just really taking whatever you can from it. But I just kind of believe like if the thoughts that I'm having are taking power away from me, not that I'm perfect in this in any regard, especially since becoming an online entrepreneur working at home all day, you're alone with your thoughts so much more. You know, there's lots yeah. of times that I'm combating my own thoughts. And uh, yeah, you just have to get really good at, at telling yourself whatever you need to, uh, to be able to stay positive and stay in the game. It really is kind of just like telling yourself uh, looking at it however you can. You're you're trying to avoid the worry and you're trying to avoid uh, being worried about the future or anxious about how the past has gone and truly living in the present moment is uh, really what a lot of entrepreneurship and life, of course, comes down to. Because if you're not living in the present moment, then you're not focused. If you're making a video and you're thinking about how you didn't like how the last one went, or you're not sure where the money's going to come from next month, just anything outside of being truly focused, which is really hard to do for a lot of entrepreneurs because we are 
uh, a lot of times ADHD in, in a lot of yeah. in, in certain ways, um, you know, or at least I feel like I am to a high degree, um, although I also don't talk about it like that. So I, I um, you know, to my point here, I don't talk about my ADHD excuses all the time uh, because it doesn't empower me to do so. I just right. kind of look at ADHD as my superpower. And really everyone's superpower also is a lot of times their greatest weakness. So ADHD would be one of mine. And I've got like a lot that I could list off that I feel like is a great, uh, my greatest weakness and greatest strength in one. And you get to choose which one it becomes for you. So ADHD, it makes it hard to focus on anything that you don't love to do. So it makes it so I can only do what I love to do. Kind of a superpower one way, right? Like uh, I can't even consider... Uh, most traditional careers, just because it would really make me unhappy. Even if it was making me a lot of money, I would choose to make less money working for myself in almost every scenario. And it it just kind of makes it so I'm like, I don't consider quitting because I don't <laughs> like when I when I do consider it, I'm like, Oh, no, I'd rather be broke and do this. So it's like not hard to stay right when I'm yeah. going through the early phases of entrepreneurship. Um, but yeah, I think that to answer your question in short, and wrap it up would just be you have to have a positive perspective on whatever happens to you because if you really think about all the times that you were worried in life most of them didn't play out as something that you needed to be worried about and it's just another level to deal with this in business because it is related to your finances and that is usually the biggest stressor if people are financially struggling it, it makes it you know it's like the biggest problem in the world it's like really the only thing that you can even um focus on at that time, you can't even really give attention to the rest of the areas of your life until, you know, you're not broke. So uh, if you can't handle that part of entrepreneurship is where it's going to be hard because it, it's hard to find success uh, guaranteed within your first couple of years. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of books, a lot of guides, a lot of great podcasts that kind of go through There's formulas like they're, I mean, in effect, they're it's not unlike behavioral economics, right? These are fairly formulaic things. There's ways we can do it. And you end up sort of in this toss up of like, well, if it's just a pure formula, why isn't everybody doing it? And in the end, it's not because the formula isn't working. It's because people are unwilling to be able to go the distance with the formula. And that's why, you know, actually there was a great interview I heard recently with David Goggins. And I sort of, I poke fun at it, at his motivational style sometimes too. I'm like, you know, going out in, at 3.45 in the morning, you know, taking a selfie shirtless, you know, running around wherever he is. I'm like, I kind of, I find it funny because I'm like, it's both motivating and like, like, you know, this may be not motivating for some people, but his method is just simply, it's like, hey, if you find it inspiring, like you said, great. You know, if you, if it gets somebody off the couch, fantastic. And he says, I'm really not here to inspire you. He says, I'm doing this for me. Like, I need to do this every day. I need to, well, he says, I wake up in the morning and I look at those shoes sometimes for half an hour. And I'm just like, no, not today. I'm like, but he's like, but I got to do it. I got to, I got to do it. And I got to motivate myself. And he says one thing, you know, to carry on this idea of like ADHD and, and, you know, we I think a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of, you know, strong leaders actually carry these you know, challenges and we've built compensatory methods and systems to deal with them. And, you know, and Goggin said like, Hey, you know, you got ADHD. What are you doing about it? Right. You got, you know, whatever it's going to be, you're, you need, you need help with mood management. Then what are you doing about it? 
you need to get in shape. What are you doing about it? it it's not about making excuses. It is really like embrace, you know, I mean, he talks about embrace the suck. And I kind of, I do like that, you know, I like pain. I'm a cyclist. The difference between a good cyclist and a great cyclist is pain management. It's like it's motivation through the hardest parts. And then I learned in, in entrepreneurship, same thing. It's like, yeah, there's going to be some difficult times and, and making that move and exploring new things. It's going to be uncomfortable, but if you can embrace that and, and do it, it's, it's, uh, anyways, I, so I, I'm with you. You, you're literally like speaking the, the perfect, like language, like, uh, it just makes sense to me. And I think to, to a lot of people that listen, I get a lot, like some of my most popular podcasts have been ones we talked about pushing through difficult times, motivation, entrepreneurship lessons, much more than like, Hey, I've got this fantastic technology and you know, it can do this amazing thing. They, people love that, but hearing about why and how is actually like super cool. I think that's, uh, which is why, again, you know, I, I could talk you up all day because you really bring this beautiful, like equilibrium between like doing a thing, but then understanding why it's important, how it works and, and how to kind of like measure what matters as you do that thing and, and, and kind of embrace that. So. Thank you. I really appreciate it. If you were to look at now, let, let's, I've kind of like bypassed to what should normally be the second half of the podcast. Cause I just like, I just like, I had to touch that because you, you really nailed it, but let's talk about what you're doing with social bamboo. Like what, what's this idea? Like, what is the, what is the methods, you know, that you've kind of built and that you're, you're doing with your clients and, and what has been the, the fun and the challenge as you put all that together? Yeah, really with the digital education business, the biggest first challenge is to find a working offer. And then from there, you're just trying to get more traffic. Uh, at the beginning, you're trying to post content and figure out your offer. So you have really just those two ma major components of traffic and conversions that uh, you are tweaking both. So you never really know what the issue is. And then once you get the offer, you say, okay, if I get people on the phone or if I send them to this web page, it is converting at a good amount. Now you're just figuring out the traffic games. So the first two years of the podcast, uh, I was trying to figure out what that offer was. And I went into selling courses like the 997 course. And then I was like, oh, what if I did a 697 course? That's what the issue is. And then I did like a $49 course with a bunch of upsells on it and Ascension funnel. And I've done like free eBooks and you know webinars and uh, live webinars. Uh, actual live webinars. And, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of those strategies. I did uh, short form VSLs too. I tried doing like a, a 20 minute webinar running ads to it. And ultimately I spent a, a good deal of money on Facebook and Instagram ads to figure out what, what didn't work. And, and I really feel like I was coming into the 997 course area a little bit late. Uh, I was buying a course on how to make courses yeah, from the irony buying buying courses on how to make courses and you know but it's that in itself is a is a bloody massive business right <laughs> it is i mean you're selling the the dream of uh, escaping the nine to five so 
Uh, it, the thing is, a lot of those people who get really rich, they do so by marketing it to everyone by using like the lifestyle marketing and uh, entrepreneurship, I really just feel like is you're just allowing yourself to create whatever life you want. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs only ever want to be six figure entrepreneurs, because as soon as they would make like 300k in a year, they'd be like, why would I keep working? It, there's, there's really a lot of extra drive that is necessary to build these uh, seven figure plus businesses and, and uh, want to keep growing from there uh, that that I might not even have in, in some ways. I'm finding that I, I there's a certain amount of money that I make that I am like, time to travel. You know, <laughs> I don't yeah. um, keep going. So it really is lifestyle design. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I started doing all those different courses. And then after uh, two years, I finally made a done with you program. So I did kind of in the middle. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be an ad agency. And I, I had actually already tried to run ads for some companies before. And I realized how difficult it is to say, Oh, what are you selling? Uh, yoga products or you're selling a Pilates course. Yeah. I've never done Pilates in my life. Let me just make you ads that are really profitable and sound like <laughs> your business, right. like you want them to, and have all the branding that you want and uh, sell you Pilates courses. Like it's just such a stretch and it's kind of crazy the amount of people who thought they could be an ad agency like without ever running an, a company themselves like it is difficult work it is not difficult to turn them on but to really run a profitable ad campaign i realize like this is not good and then when i give people the do it yourself course it's not enough information like i can show them examples on examples but unless i actually cover their business you know, which a lot of them just have their own unique invention even. So it couldn't even be possible. Like it just wasn't enough information for the average person to do it. So I was like, I need their minds because I need, they know their customers and, and every bit of information that I need on the spot and I'll do it with them. And we'll write the ads live over a call and we'll press publish together and everything. And when I started doing it like that, that's how I could get people results. Like pretty much right away just because I'm like, you're not turning them on until I give you full approval because I've just done this enough times. So right. then that was like, this is really the what's best for them and what was best for me too because it, it was actually scalable. And then that's how I arrived at that. And I speak about my offer here not to like sell my offer, but because I encourage anyone who's looking to do a digital education business, the, the done with you method is oftentimes the one that's scalable, still high ticket and um, and gets people results the best. So I, I really prefer that way. Yeah, totally. And, you know, and we talked at the start and and I, I kind of, I promote people promoting themselves because I think that's one of the things that we should do. You know, I, 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 I'm lucky I get to choose my guests and, you know, you, you, you stand out with an integrity level that is unfortunately rare in a lot of kind of like online marketing and, and, and coaching and all of this. I can tell the difference between somebody who bought a PLR book and fired it up onto Instagram and somebody who actually like rather created or even, you know, took additional content, but you have definitely knowledge and lived experience behind it. And, and that comes forward in, you know, the fact that you got almost 300 episodes of a podcast that doesn't, that's not something you can buy. That's not something you can phone in. Like there is a, you're proving it out and you're, you know, as the, as the startup lovers love to say, like we're, you're doing the grind, right? You, you're, you're doing what's necessary and staying consistent. And that's, you know, chapeau hats off to you for, for doing that. Cause I think more people need to look at like, 
I took a break at one point I was doing the podcast and I was, I was originally doing it with work. Like I just said, like, I kind of said, I want to run a podcast and I was working at a company and, and I was like, Hey, what if I do it like an independent style podcast, but we associate it to our, our, you know, uh, local tech community. And like, yeah, sure. You know, run with it. And so I ran with it and, you know, I did like the first 20 or so. And then at that point they're like, what are the KPIs of this? And there wasn't, a measurable audience size. There wasn't a tie to Salesforce. And they really said, well, you know, you're putting, you know, one hour a week or two hours a week. And it's not huge, but yeah, we aren't really seeing any results from it. So let's just shelve it. I'm like, hey, okay. And then, so I did, I shelved it for like, you know, a while. And then it suddenly hit me as I looked back on iTunes and I still had the podcast just sitting there, you know, like you said, you go and you see them and you're like, I haven't had an episode in, in months. And I see it was like four months with no episode. And, and I look and I see a bunch of comments. It's like, oh, man, people are watching it and they like it. They're listening to it and they like it. And I'm like, there's no better motivation. And I was like, I, I loved it. I did it because I loved it. Let's, let's just do it, like fit it in. And I like made a point to fit it in and get back on the grind. And, and then, yeah, now, you know, this would be like 200 and almost 250. I can't remember how many episodes I've got at this point, but, and then at that point, I, the thing I want to explore next, right. I said, no monetization. My goal here is to learn. I get educated. This is purely selfish. I get to talk with amazing folks like you learn lessons, share those lessons and those conversations with people that listen. I don't need to make money. I've got a job. I've, I've got my own company. I I'm luckily I'm financially secure. So I don't need to chase revenue out of this thing. Ironically enough, we do have sponsors. We do have folks that, that help to support it. And, but I don't chase that as a revenue source. So like you said, we talked about monetization. If you, I backed into monetization rather than saying, this is the plan for growth. And here's at the point at which I would monetize. I was literally, someone said, Hey, can we sponsor the podcast? I'm like, okay, you know, sure. Why not? <laughs> it, it never dawned on me to chase that as a revenue stream. So sorry, long, long story to talk about me doing it. I did it because I enjoyed it. And that comes out in what you do as well. But what, when you tell someone, someone says to you, Hey, look, Derek, I want to build a podcast. I want to build a educate. I want to build a course and I want to build a path to monetization. Like, what is that? equilibrium between like do it then monetize or do it to monetize yeah so i would say if you are starting in a space that is already proven uh so fitness uh you're going into the, the major three markets are health wealth and relationships if you're going into any of those three you already know that the market really exists i mean everything really falls under there so if you're going super niche and you're like i'm really not sure if there's a market for this how to uh, flip things from your house on eBay course that I made that is a nice way for the average person to make a, a couple extra grand this month by flipping things on eBay. Just some some new method that they made. I mean, if you're making people money, then then of course you can sell a course for uh, less money than what you're going to make them or what your marketing tells them that they're going to make. Yeah. So I mean, there's always like a, a way that you can make it happen i guess um it, it would just be if you're going into something that is really unproven or you feel like the market is too small then um then maybe you don't take a 
let's build an audience over a couple of years and then try to sell them something and figure out that I couldn't build an audience. Like you don't want to waste a lot of time doing that. So I would say that if you can ever go to doing surveys and, uh, and maybe messaging people and, and asking if they're interested, um, I'm still trying to think of like, uh, while I'm saying this out loud, I know that there's still a lot of source of error for this to go wrong. Um, but you know, surveys are a great way to at least get some initial information on the market. Um, if, if you already know, like, yeah, there is absolute, I, I can definitely help people in this respect as far as how to package it, how much it would be, how I'd find those people. I know that there is an answer to those that exist. I don't know what they are, but I know that the answer is there for sure. Then yeah, if you want to go into it, just know that uh, you do have to have motivations outside of the money, especially in the beginning stages where you're saying, I, I really want to work for myself. This is my um, my main idea for getting out of my current job. I want to escape my nine to five, but I'm not going to do that yet. So I'm going to build this business over the next couple of years. If you have all of that motivation. So if you have the reason why, if you know that there is a definite how out there, then uh, it really is just getting started from there. And then how I tell you to look at the business is there's really just three components to any online business, traffic, sales process, offer. Traffic is going to be any social media, SEO, uh, paid organic traffic, or messaging, direct messaging, like outbound marketing, just the right. three categories, paid traffic, organic traffic, and then outbound messaging is what comprises the traffic. Sales process is either sold by you or sold by a computer, and then offer is going to be like the pricing, what they get exactly, if it's subscription or if it's one-time payment, are there payment plans, is there a warranty, uh, all of the things factored in there. So um, there's really the three components. Like I was telling you like that, I was messing around with two for two years, like trying to play around with them. Like, oh, should I, is the podcast good? Should I make an Instagram for that? And then what should I post on Instagram, right? All of that is in the traffic because um, you, you want to make sure that that's a good use of your time. But once you get those three components down, then it is, um, it's like the first few years of this job, you're really inventing the training manual and inventing how to do it. And then you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, cool. So if I come out with two podcasts a week, one YouTube a week, five YouTube shorts that I pay this guy, which took me five hires to get through before I hired him, eventually you get to a point where it does feel like you're a little bit more like um, an employee of your own business, just showing up to do your routine tasks. So there is a point where you don't have to just be constantly, um, you know, innovating uh, to keep your head above water. You get to innovate and, and have fun with it. Like you're already doing the baseline of things that already produces revenue. And then now you're just having fun on top of it. So really, I mean, that vision of I work from home, I get to wake up whenever I want. So I, I'm not like uh, I'm going to wake up at 430 and, and do all these things, even though I do choose to work quite a bit. Just naturally, if I'm bored, I'm like, I don't really want to play video games. I want to do something more fulfilling. But I also, it, it's snowing outside. So yeah, I guess I'm working, right? It's, it's not hard for me to like want to work more um, yeah. than, than what I'm scheduled. I don't even schedule free time, honestly, unless it's like a major event or a concert that is like already set in stone. Otherwise, it's kind of more like as I want to take it. Um, but yeah, I've just really liked the lifestyle that I've been able to create and still creating. Um, but that is the the motivation to to stick with it throughout all the all the crap you're gonna go to go through. It is it's very fun though. Like if if you still look at it as like like I spent ten thousand dollars on Facebook ads to sell my first thousand dollar course. 
then I found out later, like, she was like, oh, I came from your podcast, even though like the sales was attributed in Facebook ads. So I was like, okay, I probably would have got that one anyways, <laughs> eventually. Yeah. So essentially I just spent $10,000 to learn how not to do Facebook and Instagram ads. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so if you just have, it really is, you have to have that positive perspective. And I've worked with so many people and they'll run their first ad campaign, get hundreds of leads at a great cost. Doesn't, they don't convert the amount that they were expecting to, which was based on nothing, just what they wanted to do. And then it didn't meet their expectation. And they're like, well, I just, I feel like it didn't really go well. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, look at all these leads we got now. We're okay. Now let's make a new game plan to convert them. They're talking about their problems as if there isn't a solution that, that, that the results pointed them to. So right. it, it is that it's, it's you being able to take results and it telling you what to do. If you just really can't interpret the results that are happening in your business, and that's when you feel very hopeless as an entrepreneur. I, I felt like I've been two feet from gold the entire time, even though looking back, I'm like, I guess I wasn't, but I thought I was, and uh, it kept me motivated. So I'm going to keep telling myself that. The, the interesting thing is that we problems like the pivot point or the next like inflection point is often hidden in the guise of a problem statement. And it's so funny that you, you know, I ran a landscaping business when I was 15, you know, and it was so funny. And I'd say that as like, I was, I was mowing lawns. That's me. But I, what I was doing, I was running a landscaping business. I, so I, in my mind, I like printed off cards. I'm like, here, I'm a landscaper. And my, my limitation was the fact that I had no vehicle to with which to get to the the places. So I chose a market. I was like, I'm going to go to people that have lawnmowers, but don't want to mow their lawn. I'm going to charge less. And then that will be my, my route to market. I had two, you know, family friends that were already paying me to do it. So I'm like, okay, what if I just go to their neighbors and kind of approach it that way. And then my limit was like, oh, well, there's, only so many that I can do in a day. How am I possibly going to like grow this, you know, beyond just me, you know, getting, I mean, I was doing fine. It was fun for, you know, a 15 year old kid. But if I, my business mind was like, Hey, I've got a scaling issue. Well then immediately you think like, what if I were to get somebody else to help me and I could pay them, you know, 80% of the revenue, but then I could, all of a sudden I could have 10 more customers or five more customers. So they're getting paid. Well, I get the, a little off the top. Now I'm legitimately running a business and that's how I ended up doing it. In the second year, I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this, but then I got a full-time job. I'm like, I've got all these clients that I'm mowing lawns for. So I got a friend of mine to do it. And I gave him almost all the revenue because I get to maintain the relationship, the learning from it. And it, but if I had gotten stuck at the like, well, there's no point in going forward because the best I can do is I can mow five lawns a day and people have to drive me around. It's hard. A lot of like natural resistance occurs. And that's that Stephen Pressfield. He talks about the capital R resistance, the thing that just, you got a thousand reasons why you shouldn't do what you're about to do. It's harder to find the one reason to do it. And uh, I think that's sort of the entrepreneurial thing of like just seeing through all of this, like many reasons why it can go wrong and just saying like, yeah, wing it, let's, let's do it. <laughs>
yeah, if you have an understanding that there's absolutely a solution, then you'll act accordingly. It's like you're hiking a mountain. Like I, I really feel like it's, it's people hiking a mountain and they're like, I don't think there's a top to this thing. And it's like, yes, th- there is, or yeah, it, it might be a false summit because entrepreneurship is a series of just never ending false summits. Um, but uh, yeah, it is just like, of course we'll get higher if we keep climbing uh, it's just kind of silly to question it. Um, but I, I know it's so much easier said than done. Uh, it, it's easy to talk about emotions being like, oh, just get over them. Just keep working. Just keep grinding. And every time I get into an, a state where I'm like, okay, now I'm going through a hardship. I'm like, all right, you got to take your own advice <laughs> um, in, in this time. Right. And it, and it is easier said than done. Like I like to say, uh, when you're in a negative state of mind, it's easier to get out of it by pursuing gratefulness rather than happiness. So like, what are you grateful for rather than like, why am I happy right now uh, can be a, a better path out. And then I'll be all negative and I'll be like, okay, what did I say before? Okay, what am I grateful for? Oh, shut up. I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> right? So, um, there is something about just, you know, you, you can process it for a little bit, but it's to get out of it as, as quick as you can. And, and, uh, I'm a big fan of the four agreements. The fourth one, just always do your best is, you, uh, this is like really, literally on really my screen. First of all, I want to say thank you. Cause you, I don't even think you can understand how like viscerally that, that hit me, what you just said there. And, like this is this thing. And I, and I, 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 every once in a while I have like my tab up of like sort of like the top things that sounds like would map to a lot of the stuff you had, but man, like it's, it's powerful stuff. And it's, it's like the simplest things and the four agreements, one of my favorite books. And I, I used to give it out. I would buy like 10 copies and just hand it to everybody I know. And you know, that for folks that are new to it, it's, it's uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, and I'm going to, this is the Coles notes version or the Cliff notes version, but read the book. It's not a difficult long read. And it's so fantastic. Like be impeccable with your word, you know, and that's commitment to yourself as well as to your clients and your customers. It's easy to get kind of lost in that. But if you say you're going to do something, you're committing to yourself that you're going to do it. And you're also committing to other people and being able to do that. And what you talked about before too, don't take anything personally. People really get lost on this one in life because they think yeah like i'm not going to take negative stuff personally i'm like no 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 no. you take you can't take anything personally if it goes great you are along for the ride if it goes badly you are along for the ride right take responsibility for what you can but don't feel responsible for everything and this sort of thing of like blame and responsibility are are people treat them as interchangeable it's not this case like i like ADHD, you got it. What are you doing about it? Right. What you, you had a good month. Well, all right. Motivate yourself. You had a bad month. Perfect. Motivate yourself. Like look for opportunity. And like those two, I think are the ones that really, really stick with me. And of course, you know, don't make assumptions Whew, easy to get wrapped up in. And, and my favorite, I would say is like my grandmother time is just always do your best. When I was a landscaper, she was so proud of me. And I thought, Oh, wow. Like that's it. Like she thinks like that's what I should be doing. And then I, I ended up getting into retail and she was like, oh, wow, you, uh, you're so good at it. You're, I'm so proud of you, you know? And then every time I would do something new, I became a cobbler. I was literally repairing shoes. You know, it was like a completely out of left field sort of approach to, to, to working. And she was like, it's, you're doing a trade. It's so rare. And I love your, how you're throwing yourself at it. 
And I realized she wasn't proud of the things I was doing. She was proud of the way that I was approaching it. And then that made me understand like what power I had and, and what I could then also coach other people through. And uh, so anyways, yeah, I mean, I like, it's, it makes me light up when I hear like what you just said, you know, and you've done it. That's the other thing that's important too, that people need to say that it's very easy. You know, I was so bad. Like you see somebody who's like, you know, an 18 year old person that they're trying some kind of online marketing and that's great. Like there's nothing wrong. There's nothing to say that you can't have learned a lot by 18, but I kind of prefer somebody that's, that's gone through the rough spots and I've gotten on the other side of it. It's very easy to just be like, yeah, everything's gravy. Everything's good. And sell that story. But again, like, so why, why I was excited to chat with you was this idea that, Hey, it's not, there are tough times you're going to go through and, and, you know, you are young, but yet you've got such a, uh, like a real depth and breadth of experience that that's rare in somebody that, you know, that is, you know, I mean, I, I'm not even, I, I'm sort of ballpark guessing age, but it's like, you, you, have, you have a lot of lived well, experience. I should have made you guess yeah, exactly. You have, I was about to go in that range. So, you know, but it's like, I'm 32 again, in like two weeks though. So I guess, I yeah, say that. I was like the surprise people when this, like the worst, like dad joke ever, somebody says like, Hey, you know, like, you know, you're, I said, I'm, I'm an older fella. So, you know, I was sort of joke about that and they're like, wow, you know, I said, I said, I'm, you know, I'm going to be uh, 62. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in, in, you know, 12 years, you know, but it's uh, <laughs> just a mess. With them. They're like, oh, geez. But the, the, uh, the integrity of coming to it and the humility to, you know, tell your story publicly, to be open about the tough stuff. That's what, that's why we're here today because I was like, all right, I, I believe in how you're doing this and I would trust somebody to follow your path and, you know, hopefully take lessons and hopefully you find successes because you, you really, you share a ton of great stuff. Thank you. Now here's the fun part. We're going to get back into the business part again. I'm going to talk dollars. Spending money on ads is a really risky and dangerous lesson. And, and I know this is one that people are often scared of because they think I'm going to experiment. I can try Facebook ads or Instagram ads. And like, they're doing a side hustle. They're doing it part-time. So I look, I'm like literally leafing through the wall. I'm like, I got $70 to spare this week. You're like, there's not a lot of experimentation you can do. And people can kind of get fearful of like they see, they hear a number, like you even said before, like I spent $10,000 on Facebook ads and immediately people are like, that's it. I can never use advertising. Like, no, 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 no. Derek already learned the lesson. So he will make it so you don't have to spend 10K on ads to do I things you. that you'd unexpect, right? How do, you, how do you help people to kind of be effective with experimentation when there is yeah, a, yeah. You want to be able to be effective at a low budget because if you try to run a traditional ad campaign where where the call to action is to buy your product from the ad, that's what I like to consider just the, the traditional ad campaign. How am I going to just sell this right from the feed? Your copywriting has to be correct. Your audience targeting has to be correct. The offer and how you present it and the little value points and um, handling possible objections, having retargeting ads for people that click on that page and add it to cart, but don't quite buy yet. And then they also get an abandoned cart email. 
like having all of these little components working and, and optimized is often the the difference of a profitable ad campaign or not. And especially with e-commerce, if you're selling it's uh, a low ticket product, which I call just under a hundred dollars, uh, likely the profit margin that you get from a single order sale will never be the uh, enough to to cover your costs, which is uh, why a lot of clothing companies do so well because they can get their order the the carts over like two hundred bucks really easy just by saying free shipping over two hundred bucks and then there's a bunch of clothes on our website. A lot of people just do it right, or you just give them some kind of quantity discount once they get over there. Otherwise, a lot of times it's like an upsell funnel that's really necessary. If you kind of say, hey, it might cost 30 to $50 to acquire a customer doing it this way, uh, do we have the chance for the average uh, cart value to um, overtake that? And the answer is no uh, for a lot of businesses. So here is how I recommend to do it where you pretty much can't lose. Uh, I can I can say now if if you if you execute it correctly right easier said than done especially your first time I've done this over 150 times now um, but this is how I tell businesses to structure ads on a low budget that just want uh, good results pretty much no matter what uh, big promise but I'll, I'll show you why I'm saying so um, so rather than saying all right I just debuted my my brand new clothing store let me just try to run ads and say 25 percent off. I say run an ad campaign that says, hey, to celebrate the grand opening of our clothing store or hey, the third anniversary, 10th anniversary, whatever, some kind of reason, we are running a giveaway for a $250 shopping spree. Uh, if you have a, for clothing, I'll do like a shopping spree. Uh, for other things, it's usually just giving away the exact product as it is. And this works for B2C courses and, and literally anything B2C. I've had people do this with like duck hunting trips, uh, car tinting, uh, window tinting, equestrian apparel, artists, um, you know, really any B2C business, and you just run a giveaway for it. Um, and part of the reason why this works so well is now the copywriting is no longer part of the equation. We don't have to convince them to pull out their credit card. We just have to convince them enough to say, like, do you want this for free? And, right. and that's a lot easier to do. And, and usually before someone acts on an ad that is trying to get them to buy something, they need to see it seven or to 10 times before they do, which is a lot more ad spend to test because until it's run that many times, you don't even know if it's working or not. So you're like, is it the the pricing? Is it this? Is it this? Or do we just need to run it longer? Like it just is such, such a headache. That's why like I burned like 10K on one of these types of ad campaigns before. I was like, okay, I think it's not working. Uh, you know, because I was like, I still don't have the conclusive data. I was like, I'm going to tweak these. Tweak, 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 tweak. And then I was like, okay, like I've tweaked every little thing. It's it's a major thing that's wrong here. Pull the ad. <laughs> um, but um, what you do is you just say, hey, like for our anniversary, we're giving away this. If you'd like to enter, um, name an email here. I don't do like a giveaway like you've probably seen on Instagram before. Like, like this post, tag your friends, share it to your story, yeah. a bunch of things that people don't want to do. It's just name an email on the first step. But then on the second page, it says, you're in, we'll let you know or not if you won in the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, if you'd like to increase your chances to win, you can follow us on Instagram for an extra uh, entry. You can like our Facebook page. You can follow us on TikTok. You can subscribe to our podcast. You can review our podcast for three extra entries. You can refer a friend to it and get an extra five. I don't give them like all these options, but literally just whatever your company needs, uh, you put as the additional entries there so that if they just want to do the, the name and email and just be done with it, cool, we got them. And if not, uh, I mean, well over 30% of people do like all of them <laughs> is the cool thing. And then you just grow every single platform. And then at the end of the giveaway, you say, all right, we've got our winner. It's uh, Billy from Iowa 
for everyone else, thank you so much for playing. Um, as a consolation prize, you can get 20% off our entire website over the next week. And then you run the sale after you've collected the leads so that if it was going to work, your sale campaign, we're still going to get the sale. We're just going to tie it into the giveaway. And a discount that makes sense is uh, so much more powerful to the customer because otherwise every other discount looks, hey, like if you buy our stuff, like we'll we'll discount it. It seems like, hey, because you entered our contest, like you're, right. it, this is a very special occasion. No one else is getting this. This is the very special coupon code for you because you participated. It's a little bit more real of a discount to them. So it usually works out pretty well, but all those people buy, if they're not ready to buy, they follow you everywhere. So the worst result, like even if zero people buy, uh, I've never seen a giveaway as long as you just do like the targeting correctly, which isn't that hard, but you know, obviously it, 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 that's where I come in. That's where I help people that just want to do it right the first time. Uh, then if you just put your product in front of people who want it, you're going to get people who, who enter it for free. And I've seen, I've done this for, uh, I've been teaching this for the last four years. I've just modified how the course is. It's always been the same thing that I'm teaching in the course. Actually, it's just yeah. been modified delivery um, and like course name. The course name is super important, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, so then uh, now that I've just done it so many times, I can see like even with someone, I say $500 is the minimum budget I would spend on this just because it's enough setup that you don't want to half-ass it and let's at least get a minimum of a thousand entries. And I've never seen someone get less than a thousand entries uh, spending $500. So if you have a thousand entries, we can at least test your offer and get conclusive data of what to do next. So if no one buys, it still is conclusive of what to do next. And you got a thousand followers. So it, it's just like, that's why I say you can't really lose, even though, like I told you earlier, I'm like, I still have people that have the perspective, but no one bought though. I'm like, we know exactly what to do now. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like that? It's so great. So, you know, they were testing out their brand new clothing line or art store. Like it's not supposed to work on your first launch ever. And if it does, that's great. But if not, it's just motivation. And now you have a cool story. Otherwise, like you were saying, you don't really have a cool story to come on podcast later and share your perspective. You just sound like, oh yeah, I just set it up and it worked right away. Not doesn't really make for an interesting life story. And the the thing that's interesting too, of course, is you've learned what not every lesson, you know, and actually it was another podcast that you did recently. It's the idea of like, you know, failure is a lesson. They're like, stop saying that, you know, but this, it is, it's the, the absence of success, not failure. It's like the, so we did an experiment. The experiment had a measurable outcome. It was not aligned with what I believed it would be. So therefore most people, you know, so part of society I'll take would be it like, personally. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that I clearly did this wrong. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have any more money to experiment. So I'm tapping out versus me. I think like, I know exactly what not to do next, next time. It's sort of the George Costanza. I think about the dumbest thing I could ever say. And then I say the opposite thing. <laughs> and it's like, oh. it does, it, it does work. And you, you do have to not take it personally. You have to say like, okay, that didn't work. I tried it with my, I have a coffee uh, brand and same thing. I was like, I tried an, an ad run and I got a bunch of people who commented like, you know, not seeing, you know, I, there's too many of these. I see other stuff that's like you out there. And I was like, it's at, at first I'm like reading the comments going like, this is why you don't read the comments because these people are like, they're just like, they took the time to tell me that they didn't like that. They got my ad. And I was like, wow, you're super motivated to just like, make my day bad. And, yeah. and I had to think of like, fair enough. 
that was their motivation to do it. So, so be it, you know, and they, so I'm like, all right, they're probably not a customer. So be it. But if they had signed up for a list and abandoned the cart, okay, they're qualified. They've taken, they were almost there. They did real action that led them towards being a qualified, you know, I hate the word prospect, right? Potential customer. And like, okay, so now let's hand them something. So I started simple thing, right? They buy a coffee. Two weeks later, they get a postcard in the mail that says, hey, here's your unique coupon code. It's good for a month because, you know, you already performed an action. You are likely to do this again. And, you know, about, like I said, numbers, about a 30% sort of success rate on on repurchase. and, And that's great. And wherever we don't get it, then I'm like, hey, anything we can do that better, you know, and I learned to like go back and interact with that, that community of people. And say like, you know, what, what can we do better? And if I had more time, you know, I would, I would put more to it, but I, I learned those lessons in an inexpensive way using kind of methods you're talking about. Now I say this is right. Like, guess what? Derek's got a new customer because I need, you know, I definitely need help and, and I'm keen to, to, you know, figure out how to take stuff to the next level. So with that, Derek, who is your ideal customer? Uh, Because I want to make sure that we, you know, sort of qualify people of like, this is, this is the right, right time and, and the right type of business that will map well to what you know you can deliver value for. Yeah. So my ideal follower, so just anyone who would take value from following me on Instagram or, or any platform that I'm on is anyone who is an entrepreneur in any regard or wants to be someday. So it's why I like that. I'm sure there's something for you. Uh, even if it's just the motivation to, to get started, I've got content on, you know, reaching out that far. And then my dream customer uh, right now, at least, uh, is just anyone who has a B2C business that is ready to get more followers, emails, more sales. They want to do it all in one. This giveaway model is uh, what I've just been perfecting over the last four years, and I haven't uh, sold anything outside of helping people with that. I give free information on everything else, but otherwise, I'm just trying to become the the number one person in the space on social media giveaways. And maybe over time, it will change from us doing Instagram ads to TikTok ads or VR ads or whatever, but the model itself has been around for um, decades, really, if you go to a home show, there's a reason why all the, the windows booths are doing a giveaway for windows because they want yeah. people who are interested in windows, but not ready to buy windows right then and there. It's just a very common model to get leads who want the exact product you're selling rather than general leads. So, um, if you'd like my free course on how to do this, it's called how to build and monetize the following in 90 days or less. You can go to www.socialbamboo.com slash free course. Uh, Free. Oh yeah. It's, there's no hyphen in between three. Yeah. It's just free. Yeah. I'll have the, and all the the links, the links below for people that are in there. So I have in the description because I I do want to, I do want to push people towards you. Uh, again, I, I, it's, it is a beauty in, in the, like I said, the integrity to the process that you bring. And, and, uh, so it's, there's, I've seen a lot, boy, oh boy, I've seen, because once you get in, once you go down that algorithmic road of like, clicking one just to kind of see, cause I like to learn. So it was like watching other people's stuff. And I actually use a, I use a platform, um, and found it on Instagram. And I was like, it's one of those, like, yeah, buy now, you know, and, and like all of the markers are there for these like very good formulaic ways to unlock, you know, uh, path to, to, to a customer experience. And, and it was neat and I did it. And then I immediately went to all of their competitors and said like, 
how are they advertising? How are they doing stuff? And I kind of said, okay, I'm going to run with this because I, I wanted to educate myself on, on how it worked. And then now that I look and I see, yeah, a lot of players in the market who are like, they're just refactoring, you know, uh, you know, I said, we, I said, PLR private label rights, you know, they're buying, uh, buying an ebook, reselling the ebook. And they're just hoping that that's going to be their thing because they bought a course on how to use PLR to generate courses. And you're like, that, that may work, but it doesn't. And it's, and it's not your approach, uh, which is, you know, again, it's, it needs to be said that we are here because good things come from what you've done and uh, you have such a positive human intent in, in how you're doing it. Yeah, I appreciate you noticing that. And uh, the integrity is very important in the digital education space. Uh, what we've really seen over the last uh, few years, if you've paid attention to all the eight figure a month course sellers, most of them can't sell anything anymore because their name is mud because they just were like, hey, anyone can do it. No experience. Quit your nine to five. Live a dream lifestyle. This is my Lamborghini. And they sold you on the dream and everything. And uh, whether that's ethical or not is, is a whole other thing. But the thing is, is that it works really well on a lot of people who were never really meant to be entrepreneurs, not because they can't do it because they have physical, like, like actual skill deficits. It's more like you, you can only do if you want to do it, like, the, like anything else out there. You can be a professional basketball player if you want to play basketball six to eight hours a day. If right. you want to work on your business six to eight hours a day, you can be an entrepreneur as well. So a lot of those people figure out that they don't want to be an entrepreneur in the end. And they knew that too, selling it. But regardless, um, you know, I've seen some of them get sued for a ton of money. And a lot of those guys, uh, yeah, like are even facing jail time. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's not a space that you want to, it, I, I really think that if I had a lack of morals, I could have made a lot more money by now. And I do think there are plenty of people who make a ton of money that are completely morally sound about the entire thing. But when you see like someone who's like a quick, like, here's how I built my business to this in two years is probably because I sold a dream and delivered just whatever, like just some random information. Like there's, there's like a course trader that I bought from, that like he was just having a cough attack in his whole course he's like sorry guys i'm like real sick right now anyway and i was like why are you recording today like this is the 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 thing like this is the only reason i would come back to you i'm like this this little test course just sold me off of every one of your courses forever so you don't want your name is the the only thing that you have going for you if you're going to uh do a digital education business long term so even if i have someone new like goes through my course and like has any kind of bad experience at all. I'm always like, we're doing, free. all right, here's like two free private calls, redeemable when, whenever, like, I'm just like, I will patch up every little thing. No one's allowed to give me money and feel like they lost without me then overcompensating it on the back end. Um, Cause I, I have a long-term vision in this. I want to speak on stages and stuff and, and, and yeah, it's just, if you're trying to get in digital education based business, you can make a lot of money very quickly and ruin your name if you want to, but otherwise it is more of a, um, you, you actually have to have a good product go figure. Um, you're, you're selling a product that no one knows what they're buying until they actually buy it is why you can sell dreams and then it actually be whatever you can't do that in the product space nearly as easily online. You, you can, in, in some regards, but, um, digital education, I mean, as soon as they buy one bad thing from you, it's done. That's it. Yeah. And it's an amazing thing of, you know, and the, the, 
I, I watch so the funny things. I, I've I've always got like I said cards and coins that are they're sitting around. I've got a friend who's a, a fantastic magician, the best in the world, and and uh, so I just sort of picked up the habit. It's, it's better than a fidget spinner. And I said like even just like small things that you do that when somebody shows you, you know, they're like you. I can teach you how to do this, and they're like because I I don't know how to not do a simple fan that looks like it's perfect every time because I've done it hundreds and thousands of times at this point, just sitting at, you know, in front of, uh, you know, on a meeting and, and you, there's like little, they're muscle memory things that you do. But if you come at it and you say like, I'm going to teach you how to do this, it's this easy. And you say, it's easy. You just take it. And then you do this and there you go. And it's just, it depends on how you squeeze. If that's my course, they're like, no one will buy a second course from me because I'm like, I didn't actually show them how to do it. And God bless the magic YouTubers that are out there doing that thing where they're always like, it's easy. So all you do is you take the card and then you make a little, you know, the hook em horn sign. And then from there, then all you do is you just get rid of the card. And you're like, fantastic. You just showed me a back palm vanish. I've no idea how you actually did it. And if I charge you 10 bucks to learn that, it's like, it, it looks great and it, it's, it's neat, but I'm frustrated by the experience of not actually getting a true tutorial, not actually getting valuable consume, like sort of like bite-sized steps to get through there. And I think that's where people just get lost in the process of like, oh, I can show them I'm talented on a thing. I'm just going to show them how I do it. Like, no, you have to think like a course creator. You have to think like a consumer. How would you want to buy products? How would you want to learn and inject that into your creation process? And doing the done with you delivery method is really one of the only ways to really control this because your course can be so amazing with the best examples ever. And there's just so many people that just need you to watch them try to do the vanishing card trick and then point out exactly what they're specifically doing wrong. So uh, I really recommend for anyone just starting off to you don't really it's very hard to make a completely do it yourself course without having done a do done with you model first. Right. So I, I would really uh, recommend that that model for so many reasons so this is the fun part because i know we're we're gonna wind up and i'm gonna throw people every possible way i can towards you derek thank you very much for for sharing the time today and you you motivate yourself through really challenging things and inevitably you've had some tough tough moments and and one of my favorite questions, which I'm hundred percent sure I've stolen from somebody and is what's the most difficult thing you've ever faced that you're thankful for. Hmm. I, I guess it's, it's really hard for me to like, for my thoughts to go anywhere else apart from like, I think just like, uh, right relation, like long-term relationships that come to an end or even short-term ones that you didn't really want to come to an end have been the only things that have like really derailed me in the past. Um, I, and I'm fortunate to say like with business, because I feel like I always have an answer, uh, that I stay motivated. I have a very analytical brain. And if I can make sense of something, it's no problem. 
And uh, I think the relationships are one of those things that you just can't look in black in terms of black and white nearly as easily as, you know, business like, oh, yeah, it made it's profitable or not. Right. It's just kind of like uh, so I think it, it goes back to like the the four agreements. Those are maybe the only times in my life that have really just made me forget not to take things personally or, or been a little bit too difficult for me to do. Um, and, and to that, I just say, um you know, you really want to find out, like we, we recommend the four agreements. I recommend the power. Now there's a lot of books that speak on this stuff that, uh, that is essentially the same exact te teaching topic, but you want to find whichever way resonates with you. I've given out the book, the four agreements to a bunch of people too. And nice. some of them, I think like the timing matters, right? If, if yeah. they didn't really want, if they weren't open to it and then I made them read it and you know, they're like, I didn't like it that much. And it's just insane to me that anyone could ever say that. Uh, when I feel like that same person could find that book at the right time in their life. Um, just always do something. Like if if you can't run, walk, if you can't walk, crawl, uh, but don't let yourself stop um, as much as you can. So if you're in a negative state then uh, and your own thoughts aren't serving you, that's why I like reading a book is often a really good time because like let's just indulge in someone else's thoughts right now and um, and try to take yourself out of that. Uh, it's hard for me to really see those situations as any kind of a big deal at this point. And I think like anyone could really say that um, it's just kind of hard to actually live that out. So we're all human. Um, I, I can really motivate. Uh, I can speak spit motivation for days and it motivates the shit out of me too. like doing podcasts. So selfishly, I do the podcast as well. Like you were saying, I, I like to just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go to take a nap after our podcast today. Now I'm like, all right, let's go. Like it, it's right. always I, I come in here. I'm like fired up. I'm ready to do stuff. I'm like, I want to start my, I want to start my business. I'm going to like, uh, like I, I am super motivated, uh, coming out of this conversation for sure. Good, good. Yeah. I hope, uh, listeners are as well. I mean, it's just doing a little bit of action. Hopefully the, your energy state right now is better than it was before coming on the podcast. So Try to avoid, um, you know, the the victim mindset in, in any regard, because um, it, it keeps you from from moving forward. And also, uh, try not to make assumptions of other things. Try not to take things personally. It, it really, like the four agreements, has nothing to do with business, but it has everything to do with business at the same time. Because it, when you become an entrepreneur, you're your business is becoming a little bit more of your life than a lot of times taking other jobs is, even though I know a lot of other people, you know, they're well off the clock and they're still getting messages from their manager and, and everything. So, you know, it, it still consumes a lot of us, but the thing with entrepreneurship is that you can always make the choice to work more or like literally whatever you're doing at any time, you can always change it for work hours. And there is just like, sometimes people feel like the guilt that they're not working and, um, you know, you're, you're just, uh, everyone's got to figure it out. Um, I'm going to leave with these words though. Cause I know I just said, a a lot of like random cliches is ultimately the, the number one experience and, and knowledge that you can get out there by far is personal wisdom. And, um, the smartest person in the world could give you really bad advice. Um, so you, you, when you're newer in entrepreneurship, you want to take all these thoughts from all these other people, listen to podcasts like you are and, um, and take what you love and then go apply it. But ultimately every person out there is different in terms of like how much 
how far they want to go, like how much want money they actually want to make. They they might only want a six-figure business because the the sacrifice to get to the seven-figure is no longer worth it. So don't let someone talk you into like why you need a seven-figure business like it. But this only comes from personal uh, wisdom. That's why it, it is so much get out of your head as, as best as you can and um, and just play. Just take action. Just play the game. And uh, you'll be so glad you did because the only regrets that I have looking back at life are those times where I let myself stay in that negative state too long um, and and just over process something that I had already well processed. Um, once something has already given you the lessons, um, you really want to try to stop your brain from going there as much as it can. And um, I, I think uh since the world is kind of dopamine addicted right now between social media and just the, the pace of life and the uh, the immediacy that everything can come to you at. If you want to learn about something, it's it's on your phone. Just the, the the amount of dopamine that exists in the world today, or even when I went to Europe, it was like, oh, there's no advertisements on any of the buildings here. Like I, yeah. I've never even noticed like that because I'm so like uh, immune to it now, right? Like um, it's a very dopamine stimulating world. And um, if you are not on social media and you're alone with your thoughts, a way that you can stimulate dopamine is thinking about negative things. So realize like your thought, like you are not your thoughts is the way that the book, The Power of Now, which is my all time favorite, The Four Agreements Now Being the Second, um, explains it. And it's, uh, you know, if you realize like, hey, these thoughts, like that's not me. That's like part of me trying to stimulate dopamine. That is just me trying to feel bad for myself. That is me trying to enable laziness where I don't have to work on my goals and I get to just think about anything else. Um, you know, you can, uh, I, I kind of try to imagine that like the thoughts are in my brain and then I'm like pushing them down. I'm like, they're now in my neck where I don't even comprehend them. Now yeah. I have the free headspace. I'm just trying to like physically like uh, imagine that it's like an exercise that helps me where I'm just like pushing, they're, they're no longer in my brain. So I can't even hear them. They're down here. And figure out what works for you because that right there will work for 20% of you. The other 80% it doesn't work for. So um, try to understand life conceptually is a big advantage because if you say, okay, I get what he's saying here. I need to find some kind of routine that I can fall back on when these negative thoughts come up. I'll try a Derek's routine. If I don't like it, then I'll kind of understand what he's trying to do and what I'm trying to accomplish. If you can understand life conceptually, uh, then you will have personal wisdom. And if you have personal wisdom, that's where true confidence comes from. That's where you being able to make decisions consistently right comes from and not needing to always call someone because it's great when you can, but it's not always available to you. You are really the only ally that you always have. And even if your family doesn't support you and your friends don't support you and your business, uh, I, I just came out with like a reel on this. Like it, it doesn't matter. Uh, unfortunately, like it, support is great, but you also need to be able to do it without. So you are your greatest ally. You have to learn to trust yourself. And this comes from personal wisdom. So don't stop taking action and don't try and don't stop trying to understand the world around you conceptually. Watch where money is moving and know that there, there's always an answer. You just got to ask the right questions. I couldn't possibly close out with anything more wise than what you just laid out, Derek. Thank you very much. So for folks that do want to reach you, Chris, we can follow the links below. Uh, so in the episode notes and, and, and on the YouTube videos or folks that are, if you choose to smash said like button and, and do all of those things that YouTube loves you to do that I would love you to do, because these are the kind of great conversations that 
make me realize that my day is worth waking up for. And that a lot of people, if we can motivate one person just to have a better day, it's a damn good day. And uh, I've had a damn good day and it's about to get better because of this discussion there. Thank you very much. So wh what's the best way if we want to, obviously you're on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, we've got Find me on place. Instagram, whatever I got going on is in my bio. Uh, so at social bamboo under, with an underscore at the end. And uh, we'll have a link to the free course, which I totally tell people they should get in uh, because it's, it's an opportunity to sort of see the method, sort of get a taste of, of what's right. And like, like the four agreements, like a lot of things, the perfect thing at the wrong time is not perfect. However, if at least it's there and you know it's there, so when you're ready to, to take the leap, then you, you got access to the right resources and, and humans are the best resources, especially ones that have lived the experience, that have had the plus and minus columns filled uh, and, and to, that can do it and then tell that story with integrity and are willing to walk the journey with you. So that's... Uh, that's why we're here. And uh, with that, there you go. Derek Vidal, thank you very much. And uh, folks do make sure you follow uh, uh, Derek on Instagram. And uh, if you're not motivated after this, then you have no soul. That's it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Eric. And thanks everyone for listening.